0: You ever wondered how to turn your passions into a powerful business that attracts clients, has a purpose and grows beyond what you ever thought was possible? If so, you're in the right place because in today's episode our guest Fitz Kohler, a cancer survivor, thriving business owner and sought after keynote speaker, will show you how. Hello, friend, I'm Kendra, and you've tuned in to the Invisible to Invincible podcast, where passionately driven business owners share their journeys from hidden gems to industry leaders. Together, we'll uncover the secrets, mental shifts, and visibility and marketing strategies that turn these hidden gems into undeniable forces. So hit that subscribe button and let's dive in. And welcome, Fitz. Thanks for being here today.
1: Oh, I have been looking forward to talking to you, Miss Losi. Thanks for having me on your show.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So for people who are tuning in, can you please give everyone an idea of your background and how you got to where you are today with your awesome fitness business? And all yeah. That you
1: do? Yeah. So the gist of who I am and what I do now is I help people live better and longer by making fitness understandable, attainable, and fun. And I do that in a very noisy way. I, you know, I I have a master's in exercise and sports sciences. I haven't taught in a gym in probably 25 years. So everything I do is via mass media. My craving is to, to connect with an enormous amount of people. And even though teaching a class with 10 people is, it's fun or 50 people, whatever, it's unsatisfying to me. I want, I want more. I want more always. So it's, <laughs> TV, radio, books, magazine, podcasts. I do a ton of keynotes and race announcing, which is such a freaking blast. Oh, my God. But I started off teaching fitness when I was 14. I had blown out my knee playing soccer, went to rehab, thought maybe I'll be a PT. And then mm-hmm. I started to start messing with my incision post-surgery. And I thought, yay! Oh. No, thank you. I'm very squeamish. So PT was yeah. off the table. And I went to the gym. I went to Spa Lady in Fort Lauderdale. My mom lied. She lied. She said I was 15 when I was only 14 so I could have a membership. But I started using the machines, really enjoyed that. I started taking classes. I thought the instructors were super cool. And I was working at Cinnabon. Man, Cinnabon manager got real mean. And so I quit there and I applied to Spa Mm -hmm. Lady. And they hired me and I fell in love. You know, I, I just... I loved connecting with people. I loved helping people. I'm a do-gooder by nature. That's just, I just love people and I want to serve. I, it's how I roll. So I I went to college at UF and throughout college, I started having some interesting experiences. So I taught fitness on a cruise ship when I oh. just turned 20 and I taught on the nicest ship in the world in Europe. We sailed from New York to France, England, Russia, every mm-hmm. Scandinavia. And then we went to Estonia, which I had never even heard of Estonia. And so I started thinking, okay, well, this is interesting. And truthfully, what I thought from the start is I love fitness, but you can't buy a home and pay off cars. I think your kids on vacation, if you teach fitness at a gym, like that's just not a career. And I was practical about that. So I loved the work, but I, I could see there was no real future, at least not one that would fulfill me. And so That was interesting. When I came back to Gainesville for the fall at UF, there was a TV Mm -hmm. producer who was casting a TV show with a few instructors. And so I auditioned and he hired me and I learned two things right then. I I learned that uh, my skills were transferable, that teaching to a live audience uh, was equally comfortable to me, to teaching to a camera. And then that's also, once the show started airing and it aired uh, all over the place, strangers started approaching and saying, oh, are you Fitz? I love you, I love your show, I work out I record it when you're not on and I've lost 17 pounds or my back no longer hurts. And I was blown away by that. I thought, golly, I get, I mean, I don't even know them and I got to help them, that was so powerful. So I turned my career, I did this major, I know how to make fitness a career. And I will Mm -hmm. create it, it's something that doesn't exist and I will make it happen and uh, everything i do is to forward facing to reach the masses and here's the other thing is i'm you never enjoyed charging individuals taking money from people who would have inevitably become friends or feel like family felt awkward now corporations pay me when i do keynote presentations you know a company like disney or oakley or office depot they say here's money you were great You (laughs) (laughs) and i say thank you. And then I deposit it and I feel wonderful. So I get, I really get to help people for free. I don't, I don't, there's only a few ways that an individual can give me money. And then I get to help these big brands support their massive audiences. So that's, that's my origin story. And it's, it's evolved over the year, over the years. It's, I just, <laughs> LinkedIn just told me 32 years of Fitness International. I just hit 32 years.
0: Wow, congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. That's amazing. Thank you.
0: That's it's amazing to me that you know, you, you hear a lot of people pivoting their business, pivoting their careers. I just pivoted my business a year ago from what, you know, from overwhelm and doing too many things to narrow it down and put it under my name. So it's amazing that you had the vision 32 years ago to do this and create this amazing thing well
1: thank you and you know it's interesting i actually teach a uh, I, I speak for universities as well i'm always connecting with students because really i want to help them figure out their dream career too and i have my dream yeah. career but i knew back when i was in grad school i'd be sitting in class with all of my peers wanted to be athletic directors or Coaches or marketing for a pro hockey team or whatever. <laughs> I knew I knew there was absolutely zero jobs that I could apply for that would satisfy me. There just wasn't something out there. So I yeah. had to create it. And thank goodness for you know the American way, right? Is make find your passion and then become as good as you can at it. Learn as much as you can, practice as often as you can, and then. And build from there. I used to charge fifteen dollars an hour for my services. Things have changed dramatically since then. <laughs> my start,
0: God, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, you have to start at whatever x amount an hour to get to the good stuff.
0: I am just so impressed with mm-hmm. your foresight, your vision. and it's one thing that you know, I actually just created a bucket list guide for people, for their careers, for their like professional life bucket list guide. To work through because there's so many people that I talk to who are, you know, mid-career, mid-life, and they're trying to figure out that what they want. Because what, you know, working in the traditional jobs or whatever they're doing hasn't been satisfying. So to have the vision, the mission, and honestly, the fortitude and the discipline, and to follow those things that really fill you up, it's just so, so impressive. And where, like, how did you, how did you know, how did you just, when did you, like, do you remember the, like, what made you decide to do that?
1: I, well, it's funny when I started teaching fitness, I mean, I fell in love right away. I loved it immediately. And I did it as much as possible. I taught all the classes. I did personal training. I would show up and I would volunteer doing presentations for youth groups like Girl Scouts or high schools or speak to weight Mm -hmm. loss groups. I "I just, I believe in this. I want to, I want to help share it, but when I, I again, I didn't think it was a viable career. So I yeah. was in career planning cra- class my last semester at UF. And I thought I was going to go to law school because besides fitness, my other passion is my freedom. I'm a raging patriot and a huge fan of the constitution. And I truly get what it means to be an American. I always have, that's something I was raised with. And so I thought uh, public service, uh, I, would, I, I would consider the military, but I'm too cowardly to stand in front of big guns. So I thought I'd run for office for governor of Florida has always been the goal up until recently because politics are just too hostile for me. I'm just not I'm not down for that anymore. But that was the goal. So I poli sci degree. I was going to go to law school not because I wanted to be a lawyer. I just thought "Eh, I all the other politicians I see are lawyers. So that's what I have to do. So Final semester at UF, I take this career planning class and they asked me to do something which I think anybody who is not in a career that they love should do the teacher said, make a top 10 list of things you love to do, not things you love to do for work, just things you love. And then make a top 10 list of things you hate, hate, loathe, can't stand. And so I did this list. And on the top three of my love list were I loved sports and fitness. I loved Mm -hmm. music and I loved helping people. And that's pretty cheesy, but that was my top three. No, top top two things on my hate list. Number one was sitting down and number two was reading. And what do lawyers do all day? <laughs> they read, right? So that really was an aha moment where I thought, uh-oh. And then I looked over to the love list and I thought, well, golly, I'm already doing that. How do I turn this into a profession? Because we, we all know the difference. There are jobs and there yep. are professions. And profession yep. is, sure is something your actual expert at and you're you're making a real living. I also have a real aversion to debt. Like owing anybody, even five dollars, gives me immediate stomach aches. So I knew I wanted to have a debt free existence. So, yeah, I mean, I I needed to figure out how to put it all together and working via mass audiences. I knew that was my forte. That's actually my my skill set. But how do you make that happen? I had I had to figure out how to incorporate. I got a trademark. That wasn't fun, but I did it. And and then and then I'm I was a wimp in business. So I had some real aha moments along the way helping me figure that out. So it's not all been easy. In fact, there's been a lot of mistakes, which is why I speak at universities. I feel like, you know what? I'm going to help them learn from my mistakes. They'll make their own, but they won't make my mistakes, right? So exactly. so yeah, I'm finally getting good at business. I think I'm pretty decent now. And you know the fitness thing has always been a forte for me but business is is tricky and challenging and obviously very rewarding too right
0: you know i it's so interesting i've talked to so many gym owners and my sister's a physical therapist like i've talked to so many Great people room. in the fitness area yeah. and And you could say this for just about any industry that's not focused on business specific is that everyone loves what they do, right? You don't go into fitness. You don't go into PT. You don't go into owning a gym because you're excited to do the business side of things. And so especially like I just find that I some of some people I talk to, I just feel so bad because they need to be so good at what they do. And they need to be good at business or at least understand it to know who to trust to, to hire the right people. We all do. We all Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's, you know, and I almost think I like that specific audience. I, I always feel more for just because I know so many and it's always been like, it seems so opposite brain, whether you're an artist, any of those types of jobs or careers where your passions over here, and you have to learn these things.
1: Yes. Yeah. The business side came was not natural to me at all. In fact, I I I reached out. I I learned some in college about business, but not really, because you know what? Most college professors have never been in business. True. They're academics are good at book knowledge and, and three cheers for them, but it's different, right? But yeah. my brother is a business owner. The man who owns a gym here in Gainesville, Joe Saruli, he was president of URSA, the International Health and Racket Sports Association. She, He's one of the best, best businessmen I know. I have a friend who owned a salon. You know, I just took friends who knew stuff and I would say, Mm -hmm. Hey, I have this predicament. Can you give me some guidance? And that really, really went a long way. And then just kick in your own can. So you want to, this is a, this is one of my aha moments. So I also was a competitive kickboxer for 10 years, basically throughout my whole 20s. I fought. <laughs> and early on, I garnered a bunch of attention. So right now, fight sports are very popular. It wasn't like that back then. Right. The yeah. There yeah. was very few women fighting, definitely a few kickboxers, and and not many my size. So when I started fighting, I got a lot of attention. There was a lot of magazines who were constantly doing features on me. And I'd be so excited. They'd fly me to California and take my pictures and da-da-da. The interview, and I was I was thrilled. I'd go to the bookstore. To get these articles, and they'd open it up, and there'd be all these beautiful pictures, and they would spell my name wrong. Ugh. They would make up quotes, and yes. I also was getting a master's in exercise sports sciences. So my my role as an expert trying to help people—that's some of the content in these articles mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. spreading knowledge, helping others. And they would mm-hmm. just make stuff up and make me look stupid. And golly, I really oh, wanted to write the articles. I desperately wanted to write the articles, but I was afraid to ask, and so. That went on for about two years. And finally, I left a particularly brutal training session. It was me versus eight people. I did eight rounds. They each only did one. It was, pre- it was training for a fight. And I was pretty banged up. And I get in my Jeep when I'm done. I go to the bookstore. I get the magazine. I'm so excited. I get in my Jeep. And I open it up. And it's garbage. Again, more garbage. And I'm so frustrated. And then the light bulb went off. And I thought, oh, my God, you stand in a ring surrounded by thousands of people well, someone wants to knock you clear unconscious, and you're afraid to ask if you could write the article. And I just all of a sudden I realized how stupid I was being. And so I was like, "God dang it!" And so I I, I drive back to the office. And I pick up the phone and I call. I think it was Bob with Black Belt Magazine. And I said, "Hey, Bob, this is Fitz. Hey, Fitz, how are you doing? I said, I'm great, Bob. I got a question for you." He said, "Okay." I said, "I I would like to write an article for you." He goes oh, that would be great. And then he goes, and how much do you want? And I thought, oh, oh. he said, yes, and he's going to oh. give me money. I mean, what have I been doing for two years? I'm such a coward. And so I wrote that article. It was called how to Kick people in the head and I <laughs> how to get the strength to get your legs up that high, how to build the flexibility to get your legs up that high, and then how to trick people into moving their head into your foot to create that literal head on. Uh-huh. And so Uh, And they gave me money. I don't remember how much, but they gave me money for it. And then a few weeks after it got published, I got a handwritten letter in the mail from a guy in Kentucky who reached out and said, Fitz, I just wanted to thank you. I've been doing, I don't know, whatever, combat sport forever. And because of your article, I finally kicked someone in the head. And I just thought, (gasps) ah. I was the impetus for someone getting kicked in the head. So (laughs) much like the show, Reaching Strangers, this was a very big deal for me. But, you know, it was my fault that I hadn't reached tens of thousands of people for the two years prior because I too stupidly was getting in my way with the Mm -hmm. refusal to ask to put myself out there. And what's the worst that can happen? Someone's going to say no, big
0: whoop. You know, I was talking about this the other day with one of my clients that, when I decided to go live and start doing live streaming for the first time for my previous business, I was so nervous. I just kept putting it off. Mm-hmm. And I used to interview people. I was a, you know, a light journalist coming out of college. You know, then I made $10 an article, which yeah, is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> robbery for all the work that goes into it. But anyway, I like I taught at university classes online, in person. Like I was used to presenting myself and marketing and I was used to interviewing people. And it wasn't until like, I just kept putting it off and putting it off, putting it off starting. And it wasn't until I was having coffee with a friend. He was like, well, don't you teach online? I said, yeah. And he's like, so you're in front of a camera talking. And I was like, yeah, like he actually like Almost Very did everything cool. but draw it out for me. I'm like, <laughs> why are you afraid to do this when you're already doing this, 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 and this? Yeah. And like, because mm, it has a different name. I don't know. <laughs> hopefully,
1: your listeners that you're sharing with me right now, hopefully, whatever's holding you back, guys, try and figure out what's the worst consequence that could happen if you pursued. I mean, for me, I compared it to. You know, if I'm if, if what I'm asking for does not yield bleeding, bruising or broken bones, then I'm going to go for it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, if it doesn't cause you bleeding, bruising or broken bones, go for it. Uh, that's okay. that's a theory that's or a philosophy that's not just relevant to me. Uh, there's no harm in trying. and And if you fail, OK, revamp and try again. Life's um, short. Life is very short.
0: It's so short. And there's so many people that I hear that I talk to, and I'm sure you run into this too, where, oh, I can't do that because, and it's like, are they reasons? Are they excuses? Like what, what is it? Is it a valid thing? Or are you just putting stuff in front of yourself so that you can't, so that you don't have to, so you don't have to be uncomfortable? Yeah. What do
1: they say? Can't is something capable people say to excuse themselves from trying. Nobody's buying it. You see, you can't. You can't like for me, people say I can't run. And I feel like, yeah, you you better have zero legs with that attitude. I and because I see people with zero legs running full marathons right now. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and and prosthetics. So <laughs> it's real. It's real. But yeah, I mean, you're lying to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Just get through the hard stuff, grit it out, be willing to be embarrassed, be willing to fail, be willing to. Maybe lose a little money if you have to invest in products to get whatever kind of business you're, you are you want to get started. And And then I also think don't leave your day job until you're starting to have some success in the other area. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can start moving in the direction of the thing you really are passionate about.
0: I think people forget that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I think to your point about don't be afraid to fail is also don't be afraid to learn from it. Like if you approach it as a learning experience versus this giant thing that you have to succeed at, you're going to be happier because when you start to look at how you measure success and what you take away from it, if you failed, you know, in some cases, that's awesome. Because what did you learn from it that you won't do again?
1: That's right.
0: That you won't have to experience and that you could potentially, depending on how you what you do. You could share with someone else to make sure that they don't—they don't go through the same thing.
1: Yeah. So Michael Jordan, I think his claim to fame is he's the uh, largest failure in basketball ever. Like the amount of fails he had, the amount of missed shots, mm-hmm. lost games all, all of those things is pretty phenomenal. Uh, yeah. You know, the—the the same mentality works in fitness. There are so mm-hmm. many "I can," so many excuses. People think, "Well, I exercise once, so I'm not there. I give up." <laughs> right. Well. If you're going to learn a language you don't just take one class and all of a sudden boom, you're fluid you just you it's a, prog- a progression right you give a little bit of effort every day or most days and eventually you get there i have started this kind of thing i'm doing i started learning guitar this year i've never played guitar in my life but about four months ago i decided you know what i would like to take lessons and so i borrowed a guitar and i i started taking lessons i hired an instructor who's very affordable. And since then, I have, I've joined a Dancing with the Stars ballroom dancing competition. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I do not know how to do that. But I'm, <laughs> so I, I have a podcast, The Fitsness Show, and one of my most popular podcasts recently is Do Something You're Bad At. That's the title. Mm-hmm. And so whatever it is, whether it's underwater basket weaving or cooking or painting or singing, start with something you're terrible at. Nobody's been more terrible at the guitar than I was on day one, but now I'm mediocre at the guitar and that feels really, really big to me. And every time mm-hmm. I learn a new song or a new chord of a song, it's, it's constantly confirmation that I'm doing the right thing and, and business is the same way. But yeah, maybe get a, habit, a hobby and start there, start there being bad and then eventually getting good. And that might give you the courage to move forward in your professional world.
0: Absolutely. That's great advice. It's funny. I was, you were talking about people like do exercising once and then being upset they haven't lost any weight or made any changes. I was at a conference and Simon Sinek, the guy that wrote the person that wrote start with why and has that Ted talk from 2008, which is forever long ago at this point in time, but he was talking and he's like, you don't go to the dentist and brush your teeth once the day before you go. You brush your teeth every day. Sometimes, you know, most people multiple times a day yeah. because you're going to get the results you want. If you just brush your teeth once before you go to the dentist <laughs> or once ever, you're not going to have the results you want because you didn't put in the work to do to do the expectations. Yeah. So why do we assume that that's going to work for all these other areas of our life? Yeah.
1: It's weird. It's super weird. And then I the amount of people who are just so down on themselves and uh, a few years ago i did cancer cancer was not a lot of fun it was it was a tough time but one of my saving graces was the fact that when i'd approach something that was terrifying whether it was a scan or chemo or this or that there was always something scary the girl in my head she wasn't saying oh my god you're going to die oh my god you're this you're that i the girl in my head was saying you can do this. You can do hard things. I've seen you in action. I've seen, you've raised two great kids. You built a global business. You used to be a competitive kickboxer. You can do this. And so that's really what people need to program. And you can program. You can't just, my my mom says that she's 83 years old. And she'll say, you know, she'll declare one of her bad habits, the fault of her mother. I say, mom, you're 83. (laughs) You've chosen to be this way. For the last, you know, let's say 75 years, I've given you past eight, but, but yeah, start coaching yourself up instead of putting yourself down. And that is all the difference in the world. And even though I'm well supported, I think many of us have friends, we have family, we have a someone. Yeah. When it comes to, sickness, you know, when I was sick, I was the only one who could take the pokes. I was the only one who could take the chemo. None of those supporters of mine could step in for me on surgery day. It was a very lonely experience, but it was one that I needed to summon my own courage and my own confidence. And I did it every single day for a year and a half. It was rough, but I did it. And so in work, perhaps you take on the the mindset that it's not cancer. This is not war. You know, there's some really scary things in the world. Cancer, yeah. yes. War is scary. Go, go to Israel or the Ukraine right now. It's like, they'll teach you about what fear really looks like or a cancer <laughs> war, right? So when you take on a new challenge, you're going to make a call or write a letter or invest. Know that this is an opportunity. You should be excited. you this is the type of thing where you should fill yourself with hope and don't be overconfident. you know, you want to make sure you're you're practicing your skills. So when it comes time to perform whatever it is, whether it's accounting or singing, you should be the best at it. You've learned. You're constantly reading books and listening to podcasts, trying to become the utmost authority on whatever you're doing. But, freaking go for it. Go for it. Again, life is short. Life is short. And if it's not war and it's not cancer, you should, you should give it (laughs) up.
0: (laughs) If it's not over here. And if it's not over there, you have no reason not to do it. Right. It's so empowering. It's so true as well. And, you know, when I think of the mindset shifts and some of the things that I've, I've gone through personally, and that I've had, you know, clients go through and it's it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And, you know, all of us have done hard things yeah. and all of us can do hard things. One of the things that I've been talking about a little bit, cause I don't love it is that, you know, I was sick and I gained all this weight and the doctor couldn't, you know, my doctor told me I was just at that age but I felt terrible. I ended up with COVID for five months. It was, the whole thing was appalling. And it wasn't until I had to like be the advocate for myself and say, this is not right. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel, but I know it's not this. And so I went and found, I interviewed some doctors and found a couple that would actually listen and help and did all of the healthy eating and diet and, you know, all the things that whatever they told me to do, I did, because I knew what I wanted. And even though I couldn't remember where that exact target was, I knew what my goal was. And were you it, successful? Did you make progress? I absolutely did. I feel like an entirely new person. And it's been mm-hmm. because of that work and because of that that voice of like, this is not right. You, you know, you can fix this and you're the only one who can fix this. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you have to do that work and whether it, you know, yeah, it will hurt, it might suck. (laughs) But you know what? You're doing it. And that's what that's what you need to remember because that voice in your head should be cheering you on. That's right.
1: So the message is there is you are not a lost cause when it comes to health or fitness, whatever's going on with you, you can do better. You can get 1% better. And then another 1% better. You know, strength training, for example, is the fountain of youth. If even if you can only swing around two pound dumbbells, okay in a week, you'll be able to do three and then four. And just, you know, we continue making progress with flexibility and strength and stamina and balance. All of those things matter. The same thing with eating habits. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to put in the time and keep improving a little bit, a little bit. And uh, don't ever let anybody tell you, there's no hope for you. I mean, there's, there's maybe a few randoms, right? Even in the cancer front, there's, I hear so many people saying I was given six months and I'm still here 10 years later, right? Doctors are your employees. You hire a doctor, you choose whether or not to accept their suggestions. That's all they're there for is to give you their best ideas and then suggest a treatment you can confirm or deny But yeah, people should take control over their own existence in every way possible.
0: And I've seen that with business too. I've had clients come to me and say, I think it's too late. I think (sighs) it's, I've waited too long to ask for help. And the thing is, is after we've worked together and I've, I've seen these business owners turn around, like there's one woman who I worked with last summer for a while and Like whenever I see her online now, I am cheering because she is glowing. I have not seen a photo of her where she is not glowing. She is not like just happy with life. And her business is growing because it's a reflection of that. When we're not taking care of ourselves physically and from a health perspective, it's going to impact everything. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. it's one of those things that whether you are you feel like you've waited too long for your health, whether you've waited too long for your business, you know when things aren't right. That's right. It's deciding that you're okay asking for help, deciding to take those steps that you want to change the situation you're in, whatever whatever aspect of your life that is. And if if folks are working in a place where they have purpose, right, this is what they were born
1: to do, or this is what they feel like they're newly born to do. And they right. get to live in those passions every day. You know, it's I'm mm-hmm. probably super annoying about my career because I love it so much. I almost <laughs> like insulting to call the stuff I do work. It's just so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I obviously I stand on a stage for a living, which I, more people would rather die than stand on right?
0: a stage. That funny, that? It
1: works for me, but there's some version of for you, whether it's being a doctor or a firefighter or an accountant or someone who owns their own business and make your own stuff. I mean, if you love cats and you love surfing, you should be the first person to create a cat surf camp. And I believe in you, there'll be some other weirdo with a cat and a surfboard <laughs> in exchange for your excellent mm-hmm.
0: services.
1: But yeah, this is, I want, I want everybody to feel very fulfilled mm-hmm. and I, I just keep going back to life is short. Life is short. It's it's important to pay the bills, but hopefully you can figure out a way to pay the bills
0: in a way that fills fills your your cup, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Like I used to work in a very regulated industry, and people would always say, "Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that." Well, like, what if we could? Right. right? So if you flip it, and instead of looking at like it is this box that you're stuck in, what if you look at it in a different way? Like, okay, mm-hmm. great. We can't do that, but look at all the things we still can do. Like, what can we do? What's still available to us? And most people can find their way out of that. And if you can't find your way out of that by yourself, ask somebody, find somebody who can give you those ideas, who can help you look at things in a different way and reframe it because anything is possible and we can do anything. We just need to decide we're going to, that's what we want to do. Because when you start to switch your frame uh, and your perspective, more options open up, more possibilities open up, because there's always a way. I agree. It might not be the, yeah, it might just not be the first way you think of. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love our conversation. And I could keep talking to you, Fitz, for a much longer time. Before we go, I would love to ask you, what advice would you give to... Women who might be at that pivotal point of trying to figure out what they want to do, who might be feeling overwhelmed or tired or trying, just trying to, or stuck, right? So there's a few,
1: few bits of advice I have is focus on your health and your fitness. That's you focus on yourself, making yourself the best version of you, all the things you ignore and don't get to, you know, when you take care of yourself, everything has a rosier glow about it. You feel better. You're more confident. You have more energy. You sleep better. You're less tolerant of jerks. You know, Mm -hmm. removing the cranky people from your life is a very big deal. So you don't have to be perfect. We don't have to look like a Kardashian. We just have to be the best version of us. And and I promise you, if you start putting in a little more effort each day, you'll get there. I'm, I'm happy to give you tons of advice. It's all free at fitness.com. But so start with you and then go to that list, the top 10 list, things you love, things you hate. And then hopefully the thing you're going to do professionally moving forward is in alignment with that love list. And so maybe you have a, a, a chosen passion. You're, I'm going to pursue that. Okay. Then you need to make a plan. Is there education involved? Is there a certification? Is there not? Is it just Practice, practice, practice. My neighbor is so funny. He's a really nice guy across the way. He, when I met him, he was he was a roadie for Limp Biscuit, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and then he became an Apple repairman, which was great for me. I would just bring my laptop across the street when he when it was down. And then he started blowing glass. And so he's had oh. all these different careers. So totally different career. One, two, three couldn't be more diverse. And now he's moving into his fourth. And so you know, perhaps you're like me and you found your one thing in the world you're designed to do and you do it. And that's, that's where I am. But perhaps you're like Mr. Glenn across the way, and you're going to have a few different careers and and how lovely for that. I mean, I just, not everybody is designed to do that one thing the whole time. Dip your toe in, have a little courage. You know, if you want to, if you want to design jackets, okay, design one for yourself and then design one for a friend. And if people think they look right, Keep designing more, but baby steps, baby steps for the win in every situation. I think that's that's probably the most effective way to go, right? Baby steps.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Baby and steps.
1: Remember Sorry. that you you can do hard things. You know, choosing a new career path is not cancer, it's not war. It's just you taking a new uh, on a new challenge in life and hopefully a really rewarding one. So I hope you do it. I hope you do whatever it is that makes you makes you excited to wake up every day.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. That's, can you let people know where they can find you?
1: Yes, ma'am. So sniss.com, that's dot com is my home base for everything. There's tons of articles and workout videos and my books are all on sale there the cancer comeback series books my course is there fixing your life with fitness and just a ton of other resources to help people live better and longer and the the great majority of it is absolutely free and available to you if you'd like a keynote visit me at fitness.com if you have a question visit me at fitness.com if you want to tell me that you like my braids or you think kendra's cool (laughs) Visit me at fitness.com. I'm also at fitness on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And if you follow, I promise quality content in return. But really, what I'd prefer is for you to follow and then use a the comment section and say, I heard you on Kendra's podcast and I wanted to say say hi because I would much prefer our new besties than just followers.
0: Absolutely. And also, Kendra,
1: yes. when when we got on this Zoom together or whatever, our stream yard. I instantly thought, oh, I would hang out with her. I like her very much. So so fun. I wish you were not on the complete opposite side of the country, even though we look like we're in the same room with our
0: I know, I know. We definitely look like we're in the same room, although mine has a like laser light happening right now. (laughs) Our was room. (laughs) It's like, here's where we want to focus. No, thank you so much. I absolutely just agree with every, with everything you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, it's so amazing and inspiring and the journey you've been on in the story. There's, I always envy people who know exactly what they want to do and do it Yeah, because I'm in a family, like my sister's a physical therapist. She knew when she was young, my brother's a pilot. He knew when he was young. I like to do everything. <laughs>
1: There's nothing wrong with that. I think I think you could do lots of things for work, and then some things for for
0: pleasure, right?
1: Can you dip?
0: Your oh, toe absolutely. In it? And I've made it. I absolutely love my career path, and I love what I've done. I love what I do. It's just funny that it's like, oh, I wish I wish I had found what I'm doing today a long time ago, which means that what I'm doing today, I want to pack everything into because I'm so okay. excited to be doing it. That's awesome. And they it's that. Pardon? Doesn't get any better than that. Absolutely. And I want that for everyone. So those of you listening, hopefully you've enjoyed. I know you've enjoyed this because I have. And go check out Fitz's website. And until next time, I'm Kendra Losey. Thank you for joining us today. And remember to come see me at KendraLosey.com. Thank you. Bye.